NL Newsday with Jeff Andreas. Welcome in here to the inaugural Radio and L Town Hall brought to you by the Vic Downtown. You can find them at the corner of 4th and Victoria. Going to be hosting this on the final Wednesday of each month where I'll be joined by a Kamloops City Councilor to take your questions and hopefully provide some answers. If you want to take part, you can do so by calling or texting 250-374-5345. Again, that's 250-374-5345. Call or text, or you can shoot me a message through our Facebook and Twitter pages. Just look up Radio NL. All right, so to kick things off here now, pleased to welcome in Kamloops City Councilor and the Deputy Mayor here for the month of February, Mike O'Reilly. Councilor O'Reilly, how are you today? I'm doing well, Jeff, yourself? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for, for taking the time and, and taking part in this. Really appreciate it. I guess uh, just how you're feeling about this whole town hall. I'm hoping that you think it's a good idea. Yeah, you know, I, I'm always uh, game to try new things, and I'm sure uh, my council colleagues are, are listening to see how it goes as well, to see what uh, uh, what it's like being on the hot plate live on the air. Absolutely. Well, I think it's going to go pretty smoothly, and hopefully we get some people to call in. Again, the number 250 Four, five. So we got some, some some questions submitted ahead of time, and I figured I'd start with this one here, and it's right from Mayor Ken Christian himself. I think it's a pretty good question, Mike, so let's start here. Yeah, who's his favorite mayor? There you go. Do you have an answer to that? Did well, you-, you know, I don't have to think very uh, very hard about that. Uh, you know, uh, Terry Lake <laughs> and Peter Millibar and Ken Christian, are I see them fairly regularly around the city, but uh, it, so it would be hard to pick between them. So I'd have to go with Mayor Cliff Branchflower, <laughs> uh, which was before your time, Jeff. So I, I think I'm safe with that answer. There you go. Way to go. I, I like the start here. All right, let's get into some real questions here. Um, the Finance Committee met today, and, and I want to get into a little bit of a discussion around what's going on when it comes to city City finances. So with that in mind, um, I have a question here from a, a voicemail question that was left here earlier today. So let's start with this one. Uh, my question is, it, it's very nice that homeowners are looking at tax increases of less than 1%. And that does seem like a good move during the pandemic. But I was just wondering, can you ensure that this won't come back to bite us in future years more taxes? Thanks. All right, so just a recap there. Council, keeping the tax increase under 1% here in 2021, can you ensure that that's not going to you know, prove to be a significant issue down the road as maybe things get compacted into the future? Yeah, you know, so certainly, uh, you know, when people talk about a 0% or 1% tax increase one year, they, they're automatically worried about a 4 or 5% tax increase the following year. Um, but what council has done is we've uh, used uh, $3.5 million of the COVID relief fund provided by the provincial government um, to help offset our revenue losses uh, so that those did not have to be uh, par- I'm sorry, passed over uh, to the taxpayer. And uh, so, you know, it, it fits, everything fits into our five-year financial plan and we don't expect any large uh, blips in tax increases uh, and we try to keep it uh, as close to we can uh, with the rate of inflation. Now I guess just to follow up on that I mean is there anything that you know maybe you were looking at as you went through the budget process here this year that you were hoping to to possibly get done in 2021 that just you know didn't quite make it through the process? 
No, I, I don't think so. You know, when we look at other municipalities uh, in the interior in the Okanagan, uh, they've taken a little bit of a different approach where they've decided they've wanted to do extra projects uh, during the pandemic with the relief funds, uh, and we didn't. You know, we, we don't come up with a, a project uh, every day of the week or, or every week or two. We have a five-year plan of what our capital projects are going to look like, uh, and we try and, and uh, do those in order of priority. So it's not something we come up with on a whim uh, with anything that we do. Now, uh, again, just to continue along the, the theme of finances here, I got this question here via Facebook, and it was just wondering, you know, what gets done with, and I guess this kind of relates back to some of the things we've seen in the news just in regards to credit card spending, but but just specifically to the points that get collected on on anything that the city uses in terms of a credit card. Do you know what happens with some of those, like, rewards points, if you will? You know, that, that would uh, ultimately all go back uh, into into the taxpayer dollars, into the coffers. And, uh, you know, that that's something that's not rewarded to any one specific employee or the cardholder, uh, but that uh, that is an asset of the city uh, when those rewards are given. Uh, and from my understanding is the, the you know, a lot of people have uh, the more retail credit cards where you collect WestJet dollars or uh, Air Canada dollars, and uh, we don't do that. Uh, I believe if we do have any that they were um, come back uh, directly in cash back, which goes back uh, into general revenue. All right. Again, the phone lines are open here, 250-374-5345. You can give us a call or shoot us a text. Here's one via text. So many potholes. I have never seen so many poor roads. Rarely do we see repairing crews. We have uh, too many roads to maintain. Is the road repair crew needing to be changed as we continue to see the same potholes time after time? Of course, we had to get a question about potholes on here, Mike. So uh, I guess just what are your thoughts about potholes in general? People saying they're seeing way too many of them around town. Um, it's an ongoing problem. This isn't a Kamloops problem. I think this is something that every municipality across Canada has to deal with, given our climate. But, uh, you know, do you think we could do better, I guess, in terms of restoring and repairing potholes? Well, you know, Jeff, I guess we can always do better. Uh, it comes down to uh, to how much we want to spend doing that and how much we think the, the taxpayer is able to uh, to shoulder. And, uh, you know, council made a decision going back uh, about a year and a half ago to hire an entire new uh, pothole crew, one full shift, um, that's dedicated to road clearing in the winter and snow removal and uh, pothole filling in the summertime. And I believe this will be our first full season of summer pothole filling with that new crew. And uh, so, you know, we set the standards of what we want to see done, and uh, and that's what staff adheres to. And uh, and again, with uh, four new employees on there, we're hoping that uh, we see more results throughout the year. All right. Well, I think that's a, a point where we can take a bit of a pause here. Uh, we got to get set for the news coming up here in two minutes for a four thirty. So Colton Davies is going to come in. But again, phone lines are open. You can call or text two five zero three seven four five three four five. You're listening to the Radio NL Town Hall, brought to you by the Vic Downtown, roasted here, always fresh. Stay tuned, Mike, and we'll be right back. Okay. Thank you. All right. All right, welcome back to the inaugural NL Radio NL Town Hall, brought to you by the Vic Downtown. Find them at the corner of 4th 
and Victoria hosting this on the last Wednesday of each month. I'll be joined by a Kamloops City Councilor to take your questions and hopefully provide some answers. If you want to take part, you can do so by calling or texting 250-374-5345. Again, 250-374-5345. Give me a call, shoot me a text, or you can also get in touch via Radio NL's Facebook or Twitter pages. I'm here now with Kamloops Councilor Mike O'Reilly. Mike, you still hanging in there? You bet. I'm still here and uh, waiting for the hard questions. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get right to it. And uh, I think there's a, a few questions I got here in relation to some of the social issues that we are seeing here in town, which, of course, is a very broad term. But let's start with this voicemail question I got here earlier in the day. With the continuing overdose crisis in B.C. and knowing that in Kamloops we are losing on average one person per week to a drug overdose, what is the council going to do to strengthen supports for people with addiction issues? Yeah, so what, what can council do to strengthen supports for those experiencing addiction in our community? Uh, you know, certainly uh, this council is taking um, the over, overdose uh, crisis very seriously. Uh, there is only so much that we can do. Uh, you know, we are trying to lobby the provincial and federal government as much as we can. Um, but at the same time, uh, there's certain things that uh, that the city of Camels doesn't do. And, uh, you know, so, so it is walking a fine line. Uh, we have requested and we are in dire need of recovery beds and wraparound services for the people that want help. So as an example, you know, there, there is somebody uh, that wants to get off drugs or alcohol has made that decision and they go in to ask for help and they say, uh, you actually have to wait six weeks to get that help. And, and those are the types of decisions that people don't say, oh, I, I'll plan on doing it in a couple months. It, it, it needs to happen then and now. Uh, and, and that's a, an important piece of the uh, program that isn't provided by the provincial government, yet they should be providing that. And uh, it's, it's a very difficult situation. Uh, we have lobbied the provincial government. We still are. Uh, we have asked other municipalities um, to uh, join on our call and, and specifically the City of Canada's notice of motion that we passed asking for these services. Uh, and we are getting municipalities from across the country uh, providing support for that. Yeah, and I understand another kind of more larger conversation on this issue is going to be coming to council next week, right? There's kind of a, an unscheduled uh, Tuesday meeting that's going to be taking place for some notice of motions that are going to be brought forward by councillors, uh, I believe it's Dale Bass and Bill Sarai. Uh, so, I mean, clearly this is something that is top of mind for council and, and a difficult situation for anyone to deal with. What are you kind of expecting next week when that conversation continues? You know, I got to say, uh, council is, you know, just as frustrated as everybody else. Uh, you know, we want help. We want action. Um, and if there was, uh, you know, a silver bullet, uh, you know, we would have pulled the trigger a long time ago. It's trying to find the right solutions. We also do know COVID-19 has exasperated the overdose crisis and the homelessness crisis. And uh, it, it really is becoming a problem when we can look at our statistics and see, you know, you know, over 100% increase uh, in crime and theft rates in different areas of the city linked to when COVID-19 started. Uh, we know there's that direct link. Uh, the situation isn't getting better. And this isn't just a Kamloops problem. This is every city uh, throughout British Columbia and throughout Canada is experiencing this exact same thing. Uh, that being said, on Tuesday next week, we are trying to find some uh, short, medium, and long-term solutions. Uh, and, uh, you know, there, there are short-term Band-Aid solutions that need to be applied, uh, but we do got to look at, at how we want to address this long-term too. 
Yeah, and, and I think it's going to be a really valuable discussion. I know in uh, a council, I can't remember the, all the councillors that put forward the motion a couple of weeks ago that had, uh, it eventually got voted down, but uh, was a very beneficial discussion and I think has led to some of what we're going to be seeing uh, next Tuesday here. So um, it's a really important topic and there were a lot of people, you know, interested in, in, in this particular subject. So uh, hopefully we get to see some progress moving forward on this issue. I know it's a, it's a tough one and one that I... I think might get worse, you know, as or more visible, maybe is the word, as things warm up. That's always a concern. Once the snow melts and it gets warmer outside, people are more willing to spend time outside, and we see things like this a little bit more. Speaking of being outside, here's a question from Andrew on Facebook. He wants to know why Kamloops hasn't gone to LED lighting downtown and all along Columbia Street. Is there a particular reason why it's uh, taken so long to kind of switch over to, to a little bit better lighting in those kind of corridors? Yeah, yeah, certainly uh, we are updating our lighting uh, throughout the city, uh, you know, one one day at a time. It's not something we can just do overnight, uh, but we do have a schedule of, of when lights will be upgraded, and, uh, and these things just take time. If we were to do things as soon as the new technology came out right away, uh, you know, we, we would have a really difficult time um, being able to fund that without significant tax increases, so we schedule it uh, into our regular upgrades of our, our light standards throughout the city. So it, it's coming. It's just a matter of, of, you know, time, I suppose. Yeah, and, and it's interesting because you know when you're driving around at night when you're going through an area with the new LED lights, you can tell they've been upgraded. And, uh, and you know, it's something, you know, when, when we have uh, hundreds of kilometers of streets uh, throughout the entire city, uh, you, you just have to do it, uh, you know, one section at a time. And that, and that is all planned out ahead of time. Uh, just doubling back here on the issue of, of social issues, and this is an email, a question I did get from Mark here earlier in the day. Um, he wants to know, why do I hear no counselors coming out and expressing frustration and enough is enough of the daily homeless and theft and vandalism incidents being reported almost daily? He says, quote, there's been lots of polite dialogue on the situation, but no one is stating the obvious we need to reintroduce and more of intuitions whereby patients can do some meaningful work in things like gardens, shops, or, or something while they go about getting treatment. Uh, so this is kind of more of a statement, I suppose, than a question. And, you know, he says he doesn't hear counselors coming out expressing enough frustration about the homeless and theft issues in town. I think we have heard quite a bit personally. I guess, how do you respond to that? Do you think that, you know, counselors are hearing and are stating that they are also frustrated about this issue? We are frustrated, and and you know I think there's um, for the general public um, to to understand that there are only certain things that we can do. We are held by community charters. We're held by federal and provincial legislation, um, who control the the criminal act uh, of what can be done and what people have to do when, uh, and and that's something that we have to work within the parameters we're given. It, it it's one thing to voice concerns and you know. Uh, to really voice frustration, but uh, trying to do things as strategically as possible to get as much as we can uh, out of it, uh, out of the other levels of government, uh, is an important thing, and uh, and that's something you know that um, that has to be done very tactfully. Um, and certainly, there are times when when council does come and voice frustrations uh, very loudly at the table, and that's not something we're afraid to do. But but to do it every single day, you know that that's not going to get the results that 
that we uh, that we expect and what we want to get, and we don't think that's the best route to do it. Uh, you're listening to Radio NL's Community Town Hall, brought to you by The Vic Downtown for all your coffee and food needs. Here with Kamloops Councillor Mike O'Reilly. Now, one of the things, too, in relation to, to the vandalism issue and, and the theft and stuff that he, he uh, Mark mentioned there in his email... I understand you're putting forward the idea of sort of like some kind of a fund that the business community might be able to tap into to help uh, help deal with some of that kind of stuff. What what sort of that look like? What is your thoughts or what is your proposal there? Uh, certainly, uh, we spoke about it at the finance committee meeting today, um, and uh, it, it'd be looking at uh, putting together a fund that businesses uh, can apply uh, to help uh, offset the costs of uh, damages uh, due to vandalism, and uh, and it being a, a finite resource so that it's not you know every single year, but knowing again statistically speaking, uh, last quarter when uh, business vandalism was up, I believe it was 83 percent uh, in the quarter compared to the previous quarter. Um, we know that COVID-19 is increasing um, the amount of uh, vandalism being done to commercial buildings throughout the city. Uh, and there are a lot of businesses that are just trying to hang on. And so this is meant, again, as that band-aid, band-aid solution and a stopgap measure uh, to help businesses get to uh, to the point of being uh, profitable again. And, uh, and you know, it's, it's something that we're exploring. And, you know, at, at this point, and what we're going to talk about next Tuesday, we are trying to different things we're, we're, we're putting conversations out there for the for the nine elected officials to have these in-depth conversations and and see where we want to go um, what direction we want to take this uh, for council as a whole and, and that's important to be doing and and thinking outside the box all right we got uh, a caller here live on the line uh, you're up now what's your question hi there I was just a resident from juniper I'm wondering if there's any discussion about an ulterior route into juniper just from a safety point and looking at our past with background fires and things like that because right now I know that there's a lot of people that are concerned about that especially with the growth we're seeing in juniper right now all right Mike what are your thoughts on that another route to juniper yeah you know that is on the books uh, that eventually another road will be going through. And as I'm sure being a resident of Juniper, you would know uh, that there is the fire access uh, road uh, through to Rose Hill. Um, and at some point in the future, that eventually will become um, a second access route. Uh, and, and, you know, with that, it's not quite as simple as that. Um, and I'm not sure how long the caller has been a resident of Juniper, but if you look at what the road conditions were like before we did the upgrades uh, to add the multi-use path and the, and the three lanes, uh, you know, it was, it was in tough condition for how many vehicles were using it. And so, you know, if we go a little bit further west and look at the Rose Hill Road, uh, if we put a road through, uh, we will have to upgrade the Rose Hill Road as well, uh, including the intersection at the bottom of Valley View Drive. Uh, and these are, are all in the long-term plans. And, uh, you know, the, by all means, you can certainly go on our website. Uh, and that, that is in our, our roads master plan in there. So uh, feel free to browse that. All right. Do you have a follow-up Thank there? You. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much for the call. All right. If you guys want to get in on the action, give us a shout 250-374-5345. You can call or you can text. And since we're on the topic of roads here, Mike, I have a, another question that came in a little bit earlier. We'll just play it for you now in relation to roads. Who takes care of the red bridge? It's in dire repair needs. Like, holy smokes, it could take your front end right off your vehicle. If you could have run that question by him and see who is the people who do that bridge thank you so much all right so the red bridge i think if anyone's driven across it they know it's in pretty rough shape i guess who is responsible for that i don't believe it is the city and and is there anything the city can do to to make it better 
you know, that uh, that's not a city-owned asset. Uh, that's maintained by uh, the Ministry of Transportation. Um, certainly, if, if uh, looking at, you know, longer-range planning, uh, the plan is to eventually uh, have that bridge replaced with a new bridge. Uh, so it is getting close to its end of life. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the Ministry, from what I understand, is trying to extend the life of that bridge as far as they can before having to invest uh, in significant infrastructure uh, such as a new bridge. Uh, but, but that is on the books and, and it will be, uh, you know, it will be coming. And, um, but again, that's not something we're in control of. And if you look at the three crossings that we have uh, in the city of Kamloops, we actually only own and maintain the Overlanders Bridge. Uh, both the Halson Bridge and the Red Bridge are maintained by the Ministry of Transportation. All right, Mike, I think that's a nice spot to take one last break here. So please stick around. We'll be back with more with Kamloops Councillor Mike O'Reilly. You are listening to Radio NL's Community Town Hall, brought to you by the Vic Downtown. You'll want to stay a while. Give us a call. Give us a text, 250-374-5345, or find us on Facebook and Twitter. We'll get your questions asked and answered. All right, you're listening to Radio NL's Community Town Hall, brought to you by the Vic Downtown. Cozy up with another cup. If you want to participate, um, speaking here with Kamloops Councillor Michael Riley, you can give us a call or a text at 250-374-5345. we got about four minutes left, so get them in quick if you want to get your question asked and answered. Mike, you still with us here? Yeah, I'm here for you. Oh, perfect. All right, all right. I got a quick question here in regards to development here. Now, uh, the city, specifically here in the downtown, and just kind of comparing us here to our neighbors in Kelowna, the city there, it's developing a lot of high-rises. It seems to be the most common development in the Kelowna area right now. Is that what we maybe can expect here in Kamloops as well? I know there's a lot of talk about trying to increase the density in the city. Sort of, I guess, what is the policy and, and maybe the height of buildings expected within the city specifically related to downtown? Yeah, you know, if we if we look at the markets between the city of Kalamazoo and, and the city of Kelowna, they're very different. Um, you know, obviously these buildings uh, are typically uh, demand-driven, so if there's demand there, they're going to go up. But what we see more in the Okanagan, is it's more speculative. Uh, so when we saw the large real estate crash in 2008, uh, the Kamloops uh, market uh, just kind of kept chugging along. We just kept moving slowly but surely and, and, and moving up slowly, uh, steady by steady edge. Uh, we look at Kelowna, they really suffered a large crash. So they have very large um, peaks and valleys. Kamloops does not. Uh, we we are a steady eddy community and we build to what the demand is today, not what, uh, you know, what we think might come because something big is going to happen. And, and we see that more in Kelowna. And obviously their, their population's uh, quite a bit larger there. And, uh, and, you know, and quite frankly, I'm okay with that uh, in Kamloops, not being a speculative community that the homes that are being built are, are the homes that are needed today. And and sticking with the theme of downtown as well, uh, someone curious about the Hive and just it's expected to do quite well. We've seen uh, the announcement of some new tenants coming into that building in recent weeks. I know you've been a big proponent of the project, uh, the Hive downtown here right at the corner of, of Lansdowne and, and 5th and 6th. Um, I'm just curious, I guess, why do you or do you expect that's going to do well? It sounds like it's going to be doing quite well, but yet more and more people working from home are in a pandemic. Clearly, there's a demand for commercial space in Kamloops. Um, you know, are you surprised? I think this is something you were probably expecting. Yeah, I mean, certainly I, I'm not a realtor, but what I do know is 
that Kamloops has not had any uh, major new office space built in close to 15 years. Um, and, and that's uh, important. And it's a different product on the market that that's what available anywhere else. And people look for that. Uh, they're looking for uh, energy efficient buildings. They're looking for electric car plugins, bike storage, showers. Um, and, and some of the older products throughout the city don't have that. And, uh, and, you know, also if you look at their sales mix, they also, they lease, but, but it's also a strata where you can potentially buy units. And, and again, that's something that's different. And, uh, and they obviously did their, their homework and research and, and figured out what the demand was before they went ahead and, and where the gaps were in the community that needed to be filled. Mike, it's 4.58, so we're pretty much out of time. I want to thank you so much for coming on and, and doing this here and being the first councillor to, to take part in this town hall. I think it went pretty well. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I thought it was really good. Uh, you know, it's always a good opportunity to to be able to reach out to the public, and more importantly, the public can reach out to us. Um, and uh, during COVID, our you know social interactions where we used to see you know hundreds of thousands of individuals a week, uh, that's been greatly reduced. Uh, but I, you know, I will suggest too that to any callers that are interested, is they can watch the live streams of any of our council meetings or committee meetings, uh, and you can also look back through the archives. So if you're ever wondering what you know when we came to a decision on something how do we actually get there but they can watch and understand how nine of us came up uh with a decision that we thought was best for the city of Kamloops. well again i can't thank you enough for for taking part here with me today and, and looking forward to doing this on a monthly basis so you'll definitely be back on the list here at some point but uh, hopefully we get some other counselors uh, in the next few but again appreciate you being the first one thank you so much excellent appreciate it jeff have a great night yeah you too that is kamloops counselor michael riley he's also the deputy mayor here for the month of february coming on and joining us on radio and l's community town hall brought to you by the vic downtown great location great people great coffee uh, thank you to everyone for participating here it's been a real fun uh, fun little hour i'm sorry i didn't get to everyone's questions i know we had a couple of text questions that did come in here uh, and i didn't get a chance to get to them so i apologize i'll do my best to follow up on them uh, with some future interviews as well uh, but thank you to everyone for for calling, for texting, for messaging me, for giving me an email as well. Uh, I think it went pretty well. And, uh, you know, let's build some momentum and let's get some more good questions out there. And we hopefully we can get them asked and answered. If you don't, uh, if you don't take the time to ask the questions, how are you going to get an answer? So again, appreciate it. For future reference, 250-374-5345 is the number. We'll be back here for the next community town hall on Radio NL on the final Wednesday in the month of March.